Spectre Cinema Club episode 157, Candy Alien on Letterboxd gives Would You Rather three stars saying, It's just a game. Look, I'd rather open up a nice bottle of wine and play a friendly game of Connect Four. Hello, hello. Welcome to Spectre Cinema Club, a podcast obsessed with the horror subgenres. I am your host, Garrett McDowell, sitting across from me. It's the other host. It's Devon Taylor. Hello, hello. And uh, we are still going in our Death Game series here for October. And uh, we just had a game-filled weekend. We sure uh, did. Very, very prescient. Uh, your your uh, welcome, your uh, housewarming party yes. was very fun. Your haunted uh, carnival theme. I thought that was really Thank great. You. Uh, who doesn't love giant board games, you know? Drinks, games, adults having a good time, spooky vibes all around. It was very uh, very fun. We had some uh, friends of the show and uh, uh, just spooky friends in general over. Uh, it was a, a, a very nice time. So glad everybody who uh, could come was able to. Yeah, we had a great time. It got real competitive on the beer pong table as it, <laughs> as, as it usually does. Likes to happen. There's a lot on the line. <laughs> oh, yeah. Always, always is. Um, which was super fun, and then uh, and then the following day, uh, I had a D and D session where I got to DM right. for the first time. Yeah, uh, doing uh, our our long form D and D group. We've been playing for almost two years, but every uh, every so often we'll do uh, something for either October. We'll do like a spooky one shot to like kind of break things up a little bit, or we've done like Christmas ones as well. Like so, we usually do like um some holiday uh themed ish to like break it up. So uh, yeah. we did Haunted X Mansion. Yeah, uh, which was uh, super fun. So uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, something I know nothing about, you're able mm-hmm. to just do like this game is contained to this one evening, not like, oh, we've been doing this game for several yes. months. Yes. Uh, people people write uh, they're, they're what you call a one shot ah. uh, is, uh, when it's just a, a one session, you know, uh, yeah. beginning to end close story thing. Some nice. people write them out to be because um, it was originally I, we were going to do a three parter, but everybody was like so busy throughout October. I just mm-hmm. smushed it all into like one big session for us. Nice. Um, so yeah, some some people do like a limited one. Like we're doing another limited one uh, that's gonna be like six parts. So nice. it's like doesn't always have to be long form, and, and it's all at the discretion of the writer. Um, the thing with uh, Dungeons and Dragons, there's a lot of rules, but there's also no rules. Right. You kind of make up your <laughs> own rules, from what I understand. I am curious though, because I know you do play D and D with all all of your friends. But are you the guy that is at a party and is like, hey, let's all play a board game, and then you bring out the game? Are you that guy, or are you the other guy that's like, ugh? Okay, yeah, we'll play a game. <laughs> I mean, if if the party is specifically for games, then yes, I'm all about it because yeah. I love games. Yeah. But if it's just a regular party and you're like trying to wrangle people into like doing something when it's like, oh, you already got different friend groups split right. off doing their own things and everything. So like taking a regular party and trying to introduce something other than like a card game or a pong game. Yeah. It's just like, hey, let's let's just not like even a board try. game, something with lots of rules and will probably take several hours. Yeah, so yeah. I'm on that side too. Well, because again, me. <laughs> Me and also me and my friends, we are just big into games in general. We'll yeah. we'll have dedicated oh game for nights, sure like, yeah for that you yeah know? so we love like, that. But yeah, if you if you're just like chilling, you know, and like you're having you know your existential conversations, I'm not trying to have you whip out you know Settlers of Catan, even yeah. though I would love it. Not the time and place. Yeah. <laughs> whereas the movie we're talking about today, that was a set game night. You know, everybody understood the rules and they bought into it, so they got what was coming to them. Yeah. This is uh this is gonna be a fun one because I think we have done a really a good job of uh, covering the different corners of death games, you know, because yeah. like we had 
saw where it's like kind of you know the more bloody torturous ones uh, mm -hmm. that we're kind of uh, used to and then we also have uh, you know the most dangerous game aspect where we have some human hunting going right. on and then uh, now with this one is uh, the one that introduces money yes. into the equation there's which, something to be won beyond just survival exactly so it so it adds another layer into it so so I'm glad uh, for this one to cap off our uh, our regular death games uh, coverage before next week's uh, Halloween special so let's go ahead and hop right into it would you rather released february 8th 2013 this was directed by david guy levy um this was written by stefan schlachtenhofen and cinematography done by steven capitiano Calatri. Ooh, there is um there's a there's a I mean again we love when there's a lot of different cultures on a production because like all these different last names have like different uh backgrounds and stuff of people so that's yeah. very fun um with the score uh done by Daniel Hunt and Baroy Johansson um who are they are more like uh, electronic uh artists versus uh actual film score so it's always intriguing seeing how a uh primarial you know uh art musician artist yeah. uh, does a score versus a composer uh, interesting that there's two of them too, because the score is not very present no. in a lot of the movie. No, it's mostly <laughs> just screaming and wincing, and you know, calling out in pain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, this was edited by Josh Schaefer. Uh, box office not available. I could not find a single thing because on Wikipedia it says that it did have a small theatrical run, but then uh, it doesn't come up on Box Office Mojo. Uh, IMDb, you can't see the the box office unless you have IMDb Pro, which I do not. It was just one guy that worked at a movie theater that just played it for himself when everybody left. <laughs> Most likely, um, but I know that this one uh, has been a streaming service regular. Like, I mean, it's on like three different ones right now. Right. Um, and it's always kind of available to watch. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think it's uh, kind of done its way that uh, in that route. Uh, what do you think uh, the Rotten Tomatoes is sitting at on 23 reviews? Um, 23, I can't imagine they're terribly positive. I would I would be surprised if this was even fresh, but I don't think it's like you know, th like moldy rotten. But I will say probably fifty four. Uh, it's at a sixty one percent okay. right now. Look at that, that is fresh, um, which barely. is interesting because yeah. uh, on a certain uh, like on a couple other sites that were like you know less current, it did have a slightly lower percentage. So that means over the years, it's gotten a couple more positive yeah, reviews, some retrospective reviews. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what do you think the letterbox average is? Also, probably not terribly high. I would say probably, uh, I'd say like a 2.7. Once again, Son of a bitch. one off, 2.6. Uh, God, wow. Which, I mean, is... I wish I could say it was a bit. I wish I could say that I've just <laughs> had commitment before I come here to go on letterbox <laughs> and, you know, decide whether to go one above or below. It but... shocks <laughs> me every time, so I know it's not a bit. <laughs> you know, it, it, like it, it's wild to me how it, how consistent <laughs> that happens. And the letterbox uh, uh, reception was interesting because, like, as I was looking for uh, my opening review, mm -hmm. I mean, there are a ridiculous amount of one-star reviews for this movie. Yeah. Which uh, brings back to, like, my usual point of being like, look, like, there are a lot, like, less uh, better made movies. Like, this movie looks great. It's competently shot. It mm -hmm. looks, uh, it's lit really well. Um, and it has, you know, actors of caliber in it. Yeah. So it's hard for me to be like, yeah, this is a one star movie 
But a lot of the one-star movies were like, oh my God, this is so mean. This is so not fun. And it's like, well, what did you expect yeah, from this movie? I feel like this is one of those movies that even if you haven't seen it, you've probably scrolled past it on Netflix because it's yeah. got such like a jarring poster of yep. like the straight, uh, the, the little razor right next to the eyeball. Mm -hmm. And it's probably one of those movies that people are like, that sounds super fucked up. Let's watch it. And then is apparently surprised at how fucked up and, and mean that it is. But I don't think that this film is like senseless, senselessly mean. I think that it is uh, has something that it is trying to say. Uh, and I, I think the characters certainly aren't enjoying it either. So I don't think that the film is just like having fun, just putting th these people through these terrible situations. No, and it, but it, it, it's interesting because it speaks to kind of, um, I mean, because, you know, we talk a lot about like having fun watching horror movies, yeah. you know, and, and I think there's an added layer with this subgenre of it kind of, you know, these games that are centered around life or death situations. So sure. it's like you hear game and you still want it to be fun because the yeah. word game is there. But then it's like this isn't that. So it, it, it kind of plays on the whole concept of like death games movies yeah. and like and comments on the way that we watch horror movies in general I think in well, a weird way it's oddly kind of topical too because I've there is a, a certain podcast out there that they had like clips from their show that were kind of making the rounds I'm sure some people saw it like describing uh, Killers of the Flower Moon the new Scorsese film is like just being not entertaining or not fun was like the key word used and I think that there is something to be said about expectations going into a movie and kind of hoping or expecting it to be a certain thing or a certain tone and if the film is trying to communicate something but it happens to do so in like a more bleak or darker fashion you know yeah. just because it's upsetting to you it doesn't mean that it's bad I feel like I have to explain that to like maybe my grandmother or my mom but like yeah it should for like your everyday movie going I mean, audience it's like yeah movies can make you feel things other than just happiness yeah and entertainment doesn't always equal fun exactly you know like yeah. it, it doesn't have to be that that way i mean you know we love to talk about feel bad movies here on the podcast that's of course like, no those are not a great time to watch but no. they are still entertaining and yeah. excellent films uh so it's like uh, the, the correlation i find fascinating uh whenever i was kind of looking at reviews here um so what is uh, your background with this had you seen it before was this a first time watch right this was uh a first time like complete watch i had seen bits and pieces of okay. it um over the years but i hadn't sat down and watched it from you know beginning to end and i think that this is one of those movies that is just sort of lumped into the torture porn hostels your 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 saws of the world uh, and being, you know, in a death game category, I think there is certainly a similar DNA here, but I think that the film does a good job at kind of approaching sort of a similar genre or at least kind of a, a similar premise of people uh, playing games for their survival. But I think that this movie has uh, an interesting approach to one, the uh, antagonist of the film. Uh, the antagonist of this movie, played by Jeffrey Combs, is very different than somebody like a Jigsaw, as well as the protagonists of this movie. Um, even still, I don't think that it quite uh, is uh, stylish enough kind of for my liking. You said you really liked how the movie looks. I uh, respectfully disagree. I think a lot of the film looks kind of ugh. <laughs> I think it looks like a sci-fi movie, uh, like the sci-fi channel. Uh, for myself, I think that there is some um, filmmaking shortcomings as well as some acting shortcomings. And just it's not that it does a lot of things poorly. It just doesn't super grab me in an interesting way. I think maybe I am just still kind of mentally in Saw City. Um, so the film didn't like uh, 
uh, overwhelmingly move me. I do think that some of the games are pretty interesting, that it's not just about like, hey, can you cut off your own hand to survive? It's like this interesting kind of mental warfare that's happening here. So I think that the, the film does have uh, a lot of fun things to offer, uh, but in general just didn't quite, you know, knock my socks off. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. And again, like, I mean, it kind of, you know, the the expectations, right, of like, you know, like, what is this film going to set out to do? Mm-hmm. And it at least, you know, is going to do in that part and maybe not overextend itself. And I see I've seen I saw that in kind of a lot of reviews as well. Um, but for me, uh, this was my choice for the month. And I really I really love this film. Uh, I think for me, at least uh, when it comes to the death game subgenre, this film does the best job of. Uh, integrating the idea of you know decision making and fairness mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to uh, these kind of uh, films, um, because you know again these are people that chose to you know be there whether or not they knew all the details they still went against all their red flags and better judgments to still do it mm-hmm. and then when the money is introduced you know like I mean it was already introduced but like once you actually see that it's like on the table and it's a real thing yeah that shifts the mentality of the whole situation as well. Um, so I think there's interesting layers to uh, this specific game of taking something very simple, uh, you know, a game that people play at parties all the time, right. you know, um, or even like, I mean, this is like uh, we play Would You Rather at work all the time, you know, yeah. just like, you know, just randomly walk by, you ask somebody the question, you right. know, and like, you know, see, see how it goes and how everybody answers in their own way. And this film, I think, does a really interesting job of making the concept cinematic uh, in a way that because uh, I'll agree, it does not look good when it's not in the house. Mm -hmm. The stuff like at the hospital beforehand and the stuff at uh, Brittany Snow's house and stuff. Yeah, it does not look good. But Mm -hmm. for but and I feel like there's almost a difference on purpose because then like once you do get to the house, it does like kind of have like a, a more like, I don't know, class to it in a way, you know, just because of. It being this uh, rich, decadent, old, yeah. old money type of house specifically, yeah. you know, with the, the sliding doors and like the uh, the the wood and everything. And like so. um, So I really like the single location aspect in that way. And um, and yeah, having um, a shepherd uh, being a very different games master than, say, a jigsaw or something like that. Right. Um, and kind of getting to see his process like unfold more like in real time of like what he truly gets out of this. Um, I think is really fun. I think Jeffrey Combs is just, I mean, he's having a blast. Dude's chewing on every scene. Devours. <laughs> devours. And, um, and yeah, and, and as far as like, yeah, there's a good variety of games that are different from other ones, like you said, because the game evolves as the round goes too. Like mm-hmm. it starts off as like, yeah, it's this decision. And then eventually the, the game will evolve as you see people respond to it differently mm-hmm. and then changing their minds to how they're going to respond to it based on how it's going. So yeah. um, the, the way that the movie uses um, that, I think, is uh, very fascinating. And I like a lot of the performances going on. But the biggest thing for me is it makes me ask a lot of questions. Like, mm-hmm. I think this one generated the most of me. Like, this tested me the most on, again, like, how I love to put myself in the situation. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm walking away with this money. Sorry. Um, like, I'm, I'm cutthroat like Amy in this one. But yeah. this one did make me ask the most questions about, like, you know, not only analyzing the situation, but then the, the moral implications that you're putting on yourself. Yeah. Um, I think it's very fascinating. So I'm super excited to uh, dive a little bit deeper into it Um, before we uh, get into spoiler filled discussion uh, are you ready to uh, give a six second synopsis i'm ready let's do it all righty 
I wish I had one of the the old school clocks for this oh, yeah, month. That he kind of like winds up. He's got a wind up one. I, I always love, you know, he's a wind up guy. John's yeah. a giant digital guy. Right. Uh, as far as I like the different um, takes on clocks. His isn't as impressive, though. It's kind of little, you know, he's just kind of on the table. I like John's big theatrical clock or a big digital one. That's what I would be doing. Yeah. All righty. I got you here in three, two, one, go. Uh, we have uh, young Iris, uh, a, a young woman who is just trying her best. She's trying to take care of uh, her brother af- after an accident. Uh, he's got some uh, illness issues and has lots of uh, medical complications and needs uh, money to pay for those uh, very expensive hospital bills because we live in America, people. Nobody has health care, uh, which leads Iris to volunteer uh, to attend this dinner party uh, with a few other random strangers. And it is revealed to them that if they participate in this game where they play a version of Would You Rather where you actually have to carry out the choices that you make in the game, uh, the winner of said game will uh, uh, kind of have their life just laid out for them. They can do whatever they want. You know, nothing is too expensive for them. They will be taken care of. So Iris, as well as these other strangers, have to survive this horrible dinner party and uh, 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 decide, would they rather, you know, protect themselves or others? Yeah. And again, yeah, it, it, it plays very simply with the, the, the game concept in itself. And uh, and my type of clock uh, plays into one of my favorite questions I love to ask people is, uh, you know, what do you want to do with your body when you're dead? Um, oh. And, you know, because there's many options out there, yeah. many options. And my favorite uh, at the moment is I want to be put inside an hourglass. Oh. You can choose the design. You can choose how big it is. You can choose the length of time in the hourglass you want to pass by. Devana, I promise you, if you die while this podcast is still alive, that's exactly <laughs> what we'll do. And that'll be the 60 second synopsis hour, hourglass. <laughs> so that one, I'm still there. Yeah, carry on the legacy. Um, but uh, but yeah, so. Uh, yeah, the, the, the story again, yeah, it's very simple and kind of the way it's set up, you get people of different backgrounds, whether it be, um, you know, with, you know, hospital health issues and stuff, as you see with, um, Iris and Linda. Yeah. Um, but then you have other people that have like kind of troubled past connected Mm -hmm. to money, uh, whether it be gambling or alcoholism as well. Um, everybody has these different connections on why they need this money. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for, for Shepard. This very much is like, I mean, he lays it out like plain and simple. Again, another thing I love, I love how um, in some movies you don't know why the game is being played mm-hmm. or the game master wants to be vague with you. No, no, no. The whole movie, he's telling you exactly why he's doing this. Like it's entertaining for him. Like it is yeah. simply just that he goes, I want to see, I love the idea of seeing how people make decisions when their life is on the line mm-hmm. and how those decisions, you know, go back on your morals. Like that is exact. Like he says it, you know, multiple times. I like how they illustrate it before the game. Um, it starts going where they're actually having dinner, which, Hey, good on him that he actually let them eat yeah. um, before <laughs> beforehand. I mean, he is a gracious host in some capacities, um, but they're eating dinner, and then he introduces the game when he challenges Iris, who is a vegetarian, to yes. eat the steak, and then he uh, challenges the sober guy to drink an entire decanter of scotch. Which, yeah. Wild. Yeah, Dad from Home Alone uh, made a terrible decision. It was either that or a glass of wine, and also he could have left with like a pretty handsome amount of money, but of course, you know, he has to test fate. So, uh, yeah, poor, uh, you know, Kevin's not going to have Dad home for Christmas this year. Yeah, and and he eats in that scene too. Like he's only in this movie for like three mm-hmm. scenes, and like the the transition you see in his face as yeah. like the choices offered. He goes, "You can either drink the one glass of wine for ten thousand, but yeah. then 
or you can do 50,000 for the entire decanter and yeah. like Shepard like eggs them on being like, and, and I like how uh, Shepard lets people weigh their options and he wants people to weigh their options like out loud. He encourages like them talking it out yeah. at multiple times. And he's like, he's like, well, I mean, if you're going to ruin the sobriety, you might as well do it for the bigger amount. Right. Yeah. And well, he, like, which is interesting that he wouldn't give them a bit more time because he gives them 15 seconds. You would think that he, if he if he likes that process, he would give them at least like 45 to 30, you know. Well, it, for those ones, they're shorter. Later on, you get a full 30 seconds for yeah. the, the actual choice of um, what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I guess just, again, plays into the, like, he still wants you pressed, though. Like, he, he does want you to consider your options and play the odds out and yeah. things like that. But he also wants the pressure to be there as well. Which really does something just from, like, a script mechanic thing to just really keep the movie going and, like, have such a momentum towards it that if they were allowed to you know wait three minutes or so to make their decision i feel like the movie would really drag but because it's so quick you kind of keep keep moving along pretty uh you know at a pace and, and i give the movie credit too for being accurate to their timers mm -hmm. um i saw on i saw on the cinema sins for saw six um they showed one where it was like the timer was supposed to be two minutes and yeah. like six minutes go by in the scene right uh, because exactly. of the incontinuities <laughs> to the filming like this movie i timed a lot of them and like they stick on the time with nice. uh you know keeping it in real time which yeah. adds uh that sense of urgency for the film mm -hmm. uh yeah so it, it's interesting getting to see uh the way that he kind of tests people and and like you pointed out just now there's it's not only that they you know they chose to show up in the first place you know with it being a whole shady thing mm -hmm. and then you know even as it's getting introduced they get the option to leave so one do you think he was actually gonna let them leave two um but like what do you think about this uh uh portion though because like you said like homie gets he could have left with the 50 grand yeah uh, hypothetically he's drunk he could have taken the 50 grand and went on like he, he should have you know and then like but then it, once they get more details then it's like oh no no i do want to leave and he's like no 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 i gave you your chance so like yeah. where do you think uh you sit on that aspect uh, of Shepard, like, you know, giving, he, giving you the option seemingly. Yeah. I mean, I think that he's got it all planned out. I mean, if you look at like sort of the last game that they play, uh, it's uh, Iris. And then I believe Lucas is the guy's name. Iris and Lucas, like kind of in this uh, standoff. Or is it Cal? Which was the guy? Lucas is the guy at the end. Yeah. yeah, the guy at the end. Yeah. So like, you know, gives them this one gun with one bullet. That wouldn't work very well with five people. So I think that he's got it planned out, which I... He says he's such a stickler for the rules, but I think that that is kind of the hypocrisy with the character. Not a critique on the film, but just him as an antagonist. I think he is pretty hypocritical that the rules are being bent constantly throughout the film. And uh, Sasha mm. Gray's character even asks, like, can I stab some some you know someone somewhere else? And he's like, oh, interesting question. As long as it's below the shoulder. Meanwhile, the other people have to stab the other people in the leg, you know, where if you could have stabbed somebody in the hand, it would have been all fine. Well, they didn't have to do, they didn't have to do the leg because they were like they, it only started because Linda was paralyzed and they're like, oh, well, if you stab you in the leg, you're not going to feel it. So it's chill. Right. Because um, I wondered the same. Like, I, I was wondering yeah. the whole time. I was like, yeah, why isn't no more people taking the stabbings? I would put my yeah. hand out and be like, let's get it. Uh, I love when Jeffrey Combs, uh, one of his best line readings. I mean, he has many of them. But he's like, you know, give him the good old in and out. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> Jeffrey Combs in this movie is fucking great like obviously being a big reanimator fan I'm, I'm always gonna root for Jeffrey Combs and his theatrics in a movie but boy like he has not missed a step like he is wild and crazy and it's just like 
just chewing on every scene, especially in like where they're eating the steak and everything. And he's just like, he, he just, mm. he, yeah, he just portrays this like aloof money means nothing to me. Just kind of rich guy, you know, who's just looking at these practically like court gestures. Just, oh, you know, uh, in, entertain the king. Well, it, uh, he looks at him like pigs, which yeah. is an interesting. I love how his uh, son Julian uh, consistently calls them pigs. Like, yeah. and he sees like he's calling him. He even is like kind of calling his dad out and being like, no, no, no. No, you don't see them as entertainment like you see them as meat yeah. you know so i find that interesting and yeah there's so many little details with this character because like even when we're introduced to him he's in the doctor's office eating pistachios and just putting the shells on the seat next to him <laughs> like so if there's a devil may care attitude from a rich guy like yeah it's that you know so it's like between that uh his wheezy laugh yeah. throughout the film is really great and just like, uh, yeah, his facial expressions, like, I really want Jeffrey Combs in more things. I want to put Jeffrey Combs in a movie now. For sure. Like, this is like yeah. almost like it has me determined to like write something specifically Specific. for him because, like, he's still he, fucking got it, man. He's, he, he's, he sure does. He's in it, you know? And like, he and I, it's kind of crazy, like, how little he works. Like, he, like, you know, he, yeah. But then when he pops up, he's a treat and he's usually a cameo. So, again, it's like, I love that he is uh, kind of front and center, uh, you know, with all of his majesty in this film. Yeah, he's popped up in, like, a, a, a lot of TV shows and then, you know, straight to VOD sort of movies here. But uh, he's also done a, a fair bit of voice acting here. It looks like he's done, like, yeah. a lot of superhero mm -hmm. stuff, which is uh, quite interesting. But, yeah, I think he's, he's a theater guy, too. So, right. like, he likes to diversify. Well, I mean, it shows that he, I think that he really goes all out in a lot of these performances. I, I don't feel like I've seen anything that he has done that he has not, like, been completely committed to. And I think, yeah, this, you know, bit in a movie that barely had a theatrical run, probably more accurately as a VOD, you know, sort of film that he's still giving it like 100 percent. It's just like, yeah, he's the best. <laughs> yeah. And he just he adds a lot of gravitas to the to the film, you know, this being so low budget, and, mm -hmm. you know, like he, he really does like kind of. Uh, give a lot of extra points to where I'm like, you know, yeah. able to kind of ignore some of the other stuff. And, and I'll say like, um, you know, I found it interesting that you, you know, he, he, I don't say that he bends the rules, but he does like, he does kind of what a dungeon master does. Like, you know, that there's things, but then if somebody asks a question, he'll say like, like he'll make the decision, which again is kind of, then you're getting impartial when you're making the decision on a rule. Mm -hmm. But he it, it, he treats it kind of in that way where they, like you said, they'll ask a question. He's like, oh, that's a good point. Mm, we'll go this route, you sure. know, or eh, we'll answer it this way, you know. Yeah. And he even uh, kind of has like a little uh, temper tantrum at a time. He's like, this is my game night. OK, I make the rules. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and so like, yeah, I mean, he's a classic narcissist with control issues for sure. So but there's little details that do lead me, especially like kind of at the end where, you know, like, you know, Iris wins and she does get her money and she mm -hmm. gets to go home. Like so like that does like lead me to believe like if somebody did want to. Uh, leave at that point he would have let him because at that point nothing too weird has happened like what are they gonna say they're gonna be like oh i went to this dinner and this guy made a vegetarian eat a steak and people are gonna be like okay that's not illegal you yeah, know so it's like right. i think he would have let them live because it also would have made it easier because if everyone's supposed to die or be physically unable to uh, do it they got eight people and he's taking his time with some of these games because i'll yeah. say I like the variety in games, but a few of them go on for too long. I agree. And it's like, okay, we can we can fit some more stuff in. And if, like, you're on a time crunch to, like, get rid of all these people, like, 
You know, like you, you got to step it up a little. Bit. I agree. Some of the games, I think it, the the whip one in particular takes a, a very long time. And I think it's just because they have to go around every single person in the table, especially like those early games. I, too, would have preferred a bit more variety and maybe just like a, a one on one sort of thing rather yeah. than like, a, hey, does everyone want to kick the shit out of this guy? Or are you willing to kind of take some of the pain yourself? I really liked the uh, electronic shock one because I feel like with each pairing of the two. It kind of offered like a a, a new, you know, problem to be solved rather than the same problem of this guy's probably going to die. Are we going to keep, you know, beating him? Are we maybe going to stab somebody's leg? You know, I I think the length of the the whipper stab scene uh, is probably where a lot of the complaints of this being mean comes from. And Mm -hmm. I think it's partially intentionally so like this is a very like hard scene to like, you know, sit and watch this guy repeatedly take these lashings, you know. Uh, over and over again and, and like you said you're we're wanting the round to be cut short man he's like no 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 yeah everybody's got to make this isn't so it's like it's a it's a pro anacon because like I, I i think it does its job in like making you feel the weight of it because with the shock it, it could, the shock one is fun but i think that one goes on too long because i yeah. think it's a little too easy like yeah. it's like just shock or not like you know you what know? So i was like, watching it and i was like i would electrocute myself just because i'd be curious what it felt like <laughs> i yeah. just would I'd be i would want to know and be like oh that sucks <laughs> I, I, I would take one for myself to be like okay hey yeah everybody i'm in on the game and then yeah. after that now nah, i'm shocking the rest of everybody else <laughs> like you know so it's like I, I felt like that one went along a little bit too long um and then and then you have like a break in between the games too where they try their they they make their uh escape attempt you know and like uh and whatnot which i thought was a little too late in the game because like hey yeah. if you're already playing the game like you might as well just suck it out and get it get it done yeah. and over with it, even though everyone of course you watch these movies and you want people to like make an attempt to escape yeah i feel like that's mostly what it is is as a screenwriter i think it's easy to imagine that audiences would just be yelling like there's like four fucking guys just run at them you know so i i think it is a necessity that you have to show them at least try to you know survive and try to fight for their lives at least once in the movie well because i think they did an interesting thing early on where they could have kind of sidestepped it because i think they did a really cool job of like at the beginning you see on their faces and their body language and the way they're kind of small talking with everyone Mm -hmm. that they are deeply questioning it already so it's like they're already questioning it but they're like ticking they're like trying to ignore away these red flags as you know to to continue on i think that kind of just again goes into the the decision making of it already so it's like you know like hey you already chose to be in it so you might as well just like be in it when you clearly showed earlier in the movie like your concerns about it like everyone very much like even though only one guy like calls out how weird the situation is Mm -hmm. you can see it on everybody's like demeanor and i thought that was like really interesting yeah and i think the like i was mentioning earlier one of my favorite things that the film does is play kind of with this it's more of a mental game rather than a physical one because again in a lot of the saw movies it comes down to like can you physically endure you know spoilers for for saw x to cut off your own leg and suck out your own bone marrow where here it's yeah it's more of a psychological game being played here which i think makes again uh, uh lambrick more of a compelling villain for me uh at least in in, in this context uh where I, I think it works really well for this movie yeah and and again i think the this movie echo saw x in an interesting way too of again like this is harps so much on the decision making like yeah. it's like you are making a decision you know a, a fully functional one you know and and you know the thing with how i said with um 
the yeah. whole thing with uh, the the fake medical team. It's like, hey, you chose to take part in that, so mm-hmm. you are still gonna be guilty because yeah. that, that's a personal choice for you, in my opinion. So it's like, yeah, for me, like that's how it's kind of easier for me to like kind of get past that and then to kind of then like really uh, enjoy kind of the moral quandaries in this because like I would find myself asking uh, myself multiple times watching this is like. So, okay, you're already in the game has started. You've seen what it's about, you know, but then you get to like the third test or whatever, you know, the the envelope or like things mm-hmm. like that. And they're still trying to uh, or the stab and whip scene. They're still trying to like uh, justify themselves in these certain ways. Like yeah. one guy at one the one guy, the gambler at one point goes, oh, well, I don't want to stab a lady. I think we need some decency in this. And it's like so you'd rather whip the guy for like the third time. Yeah. You know, so it's like. So at at one point, do you check your morals out of this? Like, yeah. like when you're in this game and like, kind of be like, Hey, like, yeah, you're going to judge these people in this room. Yeah. Are going to judge me for my actions. But I mean, one hand, they're going to be dead anyways. And two, I know that and that is like kind of the thing where it's like, how are you going to live on with this? Like, how do you live yeah. with these choices yourself personally? But for yeah. me, it's like, if I'm put in this situation, real life is, non-void at this moment like yeah. this is not real life anymore this is not how i would normally present myself normally to the world ladies yeah like this is not how i'd normally present myself to the world but yeah. in this room in this situation i'm gonna drop you know my morals at the door and yeah. do what i gotta do to survive which and, is something that cal says in the movie he's like do what you gotta do like i get it you know which is kind of uh, the the same mentality that i would have had because this movie is essentially just seeing people just kind of act out like the trolley car kind of scenario you know that that question that impossible sort of uh brain teaser but uh, the this movie i think also cares to ask well who's designing such a trap you know who's putting the people on the 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 Mm -hmm. the trolley car tracks in the first place you know so for those people who say that this movie is mean i don't think that this movie is portraying lambrick to be like a cool guy like no he's a psychopath and i think uh, this film is showing these people like trying to work together and trying to maintain some sense of decency. And we do have the 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 gambler guy who I, I think Travis is his name, who gets all like put out of shape because he has to to stab the lady, he ends up killing her. But it's like, no, dude, like you're not a fucking doctor. You just you stabbed her in her leg and you you know, like you didn't know any better. So I think the the movie does do a good job at showing these characters having this these you know multi-layered questions of which one do i do but also like how can i live with these with this decision but do i want to survive or you know work together as a team so i think that the, yeah the movie does a great job at proposing different kind of mental struggles and i think they bring in their uh backgrounds uh well in those regards as well i know uh, you kind of uh, didn't like how in Cube, like each character has like their one trait, and that's the thing that it's focused on. This film does yeah. that too, but I think this integrates it into each one uh, more well rounded. Like it's not weighted more than the others. Mm-hmm. Like uh, for like Travis, um, he's the he's the ex soldier, um, so you kind of know what you know those problems entail when the government kind of fucks over people that you know yeah. get you know dishonorably discharged or things of that nature, mm-hmm. and so it's like and and you see him. He's like trying to be the hero in this moment. He's trying to, you know, like, oh, I've dealt with worse. I've seen worse. And he's kind of still putting on this, you know, because of his background. But then 
again, it's like, well, at what point do you stop that? Like, are you doing this because you are truly trying to be a good person or are you trying to still keep up the image of yourself? Right. And like your kind of background into this uh, by taking these lashings for, you know, everyone else. So like the way that they tied in each background, I thought was uh, very fascinating, especially like with the gambler guy, too. Like, you know, he's like he's like, oh, like you think that I've accounted for your yeah. uh, things and like all this stuff. And he's just like. He's like, yes, that's exactly what I want you here. So, like, why? Let Let's see if you can put your gambling skills to the test. You know, yeah. I that that scene in particular where he's like commenting on the gambling is hilarious because he's like, and he's doing the Princess Bride thing. He's like, you knew that I would have known that you were gonna poison me. So he does the whole thing, and then he's like, I'm gonna take my chances with the card, and opens up the card, and it's like, blow your own hand off. <laughs> it's like, it's such a funny like he he was so confident about like his hypothesis uh, with the gambling and everything, and it's just like, no, dismember yourself. It's just I thought that was a really uh, funny gag. That was my favorite game of the evening, I think, because I think it uh, encapsulated the film the best. Like, I mean, and again, Jeffrey Combs just says it outright. Right. He's yeah. like, I'm making you, uh, are, are you going to sit here and suffer in your current life with the known, the things mm -hmm. that weigh on you? And like, that kind of like hit on me for a minute because it's like, there's debts that I've been ignoring that I really should probably take care of. Yeah. Like, hey, I really need to go to the dentist, but I'm, you know, putting it off because I don't have insurance for this reason, you know? So yeah. it's like, so even like, just so that like kind of weighed on me when he said that and he's like, versus are you going to try and find a better way out through the unknown, mm -hmm. you know? And and it's like, well, there's a third option. You could also, you know, get yourself out of this situation through the known. Take care of the things you need to take care of. But he's like, or you could take a chance that there's something that's going to fix all these problems for you. Sure. But you have to venture into the unknown for it. And, yeah. and that's so that is either the uh, see if you can hold your breath for two minutes in the barrel versus the mystery envelope. Mm -hmm. uh, I looked up the average person uh, can hold between 30 and 90 seconds. That's like the average uh, person. I'm so two minutes, Devon. I could do it. I oh, could I do could it. do it too. Yeah, 100%. I, I've, like, I've timed myself multiple times on, yeah. on how long I could do it. And yeah. the only problem with that is it's like it's hard to kind of relax in that situation, I suppose. Sure. And, that's and like then the also whole... Amy is like middle of taking a big breath and they just fucking drown her. I was like, what that the fuck? Was, that was horseshit <laughs> when they when they double the time for yeah. her too. And uh, and, he, and I love <laughs> the line goes, his, she's like, ah, oh, that's impossible. He goes, no, it's not. That's not even close to the world record, which is correct. The yeah. world record is 24 minutes. So like yeah. proportion. Unfortunately, well, <laughs> exactly. Still, still funny, but it's yeah. like I, I like some of these moments where they probably train for that for like months on end. You know? Yeah, because because it it, it kind of like echoes back to at the beginning with uh, the the vegetarian thing yeah. and the drinking thing. Uh, multiple times when they're like, oh, no, I can't do that. And he goes, oh, no, no, you can, yeah. but you won't. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the difference, you know. So, like, he kind of brings that back throughout the film as well. Um, firecracker thing, yeah, I'm doing that. Like, fucking, like, put it on my fingers. Like, I'm fucking, I'll bite down on something. Oh, I'm, I'm doing, that's, I think that's the, the that would have been the fastest decision for, well, it was a mystery, but, yeah. but if I saw that, I'd be like, oh, okay. A yeah. firecracker between that and the drowning? Well, again, I could I could hold my breath. Like, I've, I I can hold mine for a good amount. I would yeah. be like, hey, like, uh, Bevins, you don't have to, like, restrain me. Just, like, put your hand over me. Like, because if, like, if he wasn't also, like, you know, forcing, that kind of puts the pressure on you as well. Sure. But, like, if I'm like, hey. Nobody likes a head pusher, you know? Yeah, if I'm just like, <laughs> hey, I'll keep myself under. Like, I can, that's no problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think if I had a choice between dealing with, with Lambert, 
Lambrick and dealing with Jigsaw, like finding myself in either of those situations, I feel like L- Lambrick is much more fair. My odds, I feel, are much better in this than in, oh, 100%. in, in like in a Jigsaw trap to where it's like cut out your own brain and you know, uh, suck out the brain juice and weigh it or whatever the fuck was going on inside. I mean, these are all know? these are all very feasible things. Like, yeah. I mean, when you kind of think of like what I mean, they're all. They're, they're all bad in a relatable way because yeah. they are all so realistic because well, it's like... Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of this, mm-hmm. right? Is that it is the simplicity. And I, I I think that this, as well as Squid Games, which may or may not be in my movie math, that's kind of what is the big draw is the simplicity of it, which immediately kind of puts you in that situation. And, you know, whether it's a child's game or slit open your own eye, it's like such a quick, you know, movement. You will heal, but just getting yourself to that point is kind of where the, where the where the suspense lies i feel like there is this kind of you know uh kind of i don't know the word i'm looking for but like almost uh uh implausibleness to some of the mm-hmm. saw traps that it's easy to feel sort of removed emotionally and it's yeah. like that's impossible there's no fucking way you that, know? that's what we talked about a lot on a pot and pendulum through our saw coverage has been like the the traps that people are more squeamish about are the ones that are more relatable that they can right. like actually dream of versus yeah. like oh am I going to be you know uh put back to back with my spouse with rebar through my chest that I have yeah. to pull out probably yeah. not that's, that's why... pretty implausible you know so, yeah, yeah. Not, not to spoil our, our saw trap that's why the Venus fly one with like the key behind the eye that one's always freaked the shit out of me because it's such a simple thing right but it, it that's what what the horror is and I think that this, this film does a good job of making it so simple is that there's not this elaborate mechanical trap with gears and that's all what this i would stuff get hung up on you know, in, a, in a saw trap i'd be like wait can i ask some questions about the design here before we get into this like I, I'm, I'm and then curious. your head is crushed yeah I, i'd be like I'm, I'm curious about a few of these levers i want to make sure where all my options are here like that's where i'd get hung up on those um yeah but like again like these are very simple like i mean like the, the of course like you said the the poster uh, draws people in. I love that this movie doesn't uh, skimpy on it. You know, like it, yeah. we, we get it. And like, I mean, how fast? How fast would you do it? Like, I mean, because like, oh, I couldn't. No, I. You know me. I have an eye thing. Anything mm-hmm. with my eyes or, or or teeth. There's just no. There's no way. Like I. I. Yeah. Me. Flashback to me is like a kid trying to pull out like one of my baby teeth. And no, that that was like a saw trap in and of itself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would if, again at that point of the movie, like you're down to the last three, like fuck, I'm, I'm not wasting time be- <laughs> asking the guy to stop. Like yeah. he's like, stop it, let don't let. It's like, bro, you, it's top three right now. Like you are so in it. Like it's game time. Come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like beef up, man. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, well, uh, they, the Lambrick has a few jokes related to that. Uh, in particular, uh um uh what's the uh old lady's name uh, linda linda is trying to get out of the trap and she's like i can't do it and lambrick says something he's like at what part did you think that this was optional like he he's, he's like i just shot somebody like you have to do this <laughs> yeah she's like i don't want to play and then he even makes another one too and he's yeah. like he's like oh well that decision was easy for her she couldn't come over and whip travis she can't walk <laughs> yeah. he's a savage man he's he, he really savage. is um let's talk about our uh, final girl iris uh played by Brittany snow who um you know recently you know popped up an x looking uh, like an absolute dream mm-hmm. uh always want her in more uh horror films as well you know she's popped up in a few genre things at this point bonafide scream queen and uh yeah and i i think in this one um it, you know i think she does a great great job of kind of being the um you know it the character's not anything new you know like yeah. oh you have a, a sick you know sibling like mm-hmm. we get it like you yeah. know like we've seen this person before so it's like 
not hard to already put yourself in her shoes but I like seeing the evolution of her character and the way that she you know plays this game because she you know kind of starts off fairly conflicted but like if you kind of notice about halfway through she's pretty much in it as well like yeah. after the escape like that's pretty much where she's accepted like yeah. already like during the the uh uh a uh, barrel or envelope she like she's like oh, real quick let's do it like yeah. you know like so like she makes a very uh interesting uh kind of progress throughout the film of again like it even though you've seen this character before but it's also relatable mm-hmm. in being like okay like you know you understand her decisions and things like that so like what did what do you think about iris i i i gotta admit the whole i i wish there would have in general been a little less um or I would say a little bit more of kind of the decision process of the people talking about, you know, that is the way that the audience receives some of the exposition of of their background. Because I like the the part at the end where he's kind of like pleading for his life and talking about his own family, you know. And I think that a movie like um, The Circle, for example, does a good job of that to where there is kind of this weighing of the value of life. And yeah. ha- showing her perspective at the beginning of the movie is just a bit too much of a, hey, she's going to survive towards the end, you know, to the end of this film so i think that that just kind of inherently takes away from some of the suspense i would have preferred it just kind of starts with maybe just people coming to this dinner party or we at least get to see the other people being approached about attending this party too but i feel like the movie sort of um dismisses some of that in favor of you know keeping things moving and sort of a, a, a more traditional structure but i i would have preferred to have the same care a little less of her but more of everyone else if that makes sense i feel like everybody's uh uh, their depth is a bit lowered and hers is raised we're like Um, in the middle you know because yeah because they they give her a twofer too is the thing because i think they would have been fine i mean aside from having the gut punch at the end of the movie yeah hilarious by the way such a funny fucking moment i was cracking it really (laughs) is like the the score the score cut to this you know of like you know she survives at the end and and she's like i did it we got all this money and then brother (laughs) yeah and he he is unalived himself and uh and it's just like damn well was was it all for nothing at this point but it's like well i mean not not to say like hey not you don't care about your brother but you still got a bag of cash i don't know (laughs) Um, but like for the funeral at least <laughs> but they could have they could have taken the dead brother angle or dead brother angle i mean <laughs> it wasn't dead yet but a uh, cancer uh patient brother yeah. out and it, they could have still focused on like her i think it would made her character more interesting if it was the route of like she's going back to her hometown because she has this diploma that she can't do anything with and now she has to apply to these jobs that she's overqualified for sure if they would have uh, instead of having scenes with a brother, like have her like, you know, sh- like how she described, like, oh, I saw some uh, high school friends out at a bar and she like hits like a low point or something like that. Yeah. And like because I think that like because like you said, if you give her she already can't get a job and she's got a you know brother that needs surgery. Yeah. It's like and yeah, she saves a cat on her way to the dinner party. Okay, you know, <laughs> pretty much know that she's going to make it. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it does kind of tip its hand a little bit. And yeah, so they, they maybe could have did without that part. Yeah. And I, you know, would have also uh, enjoyed just spending some time with some of the other very talented actors in this film. Like I mentioned, John Hurd is like a, a pretty reasonably famous character actor for this movie to have. And then uh, June Squibb, the, the actress that plays the elderly woman. She does great. Sasha Gray is an interesting, like, addition to this film. Like, a very famous, like, adult actress who's, like, maybe turned a horror, you know, scream queen. So that's, you know, having more time with her, maybe showing us why she's so, like, you know, cutthroat and ruthless, I think would have been nice, too. Yeah, because they didn't reveal her thing until, like, towards the end. And I feel like 
they I feel like her character is the most underutilized because like that is the character that like, you know, we are that I'm claiming to be and that I'm yeah. be like, oh, I'm going in like, OK, then like, let's see how this person truly does it. And you see a few moments like you see, like during the escape scene, she just backs up against the wall and doesn't mm-hmm. do anything. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm not trying to do this. And yeah. Like, and, and they she like comes in and out of the movie because like at point she like kind of will chime in when they're like arguing about team decisions but then like you don't really hear from her for a lot of scenes and then yeah. it's like oh wait she's in the top four and then jeffrey combs's character's like oh i was gonna pick you to be the winner you know so so i wish they kind of did utilize her character a little bit more because yeah. i thought in the few scenes that like where she is kind of uh, showing this cutthroatness was uh, really interesting yeah because i think the film and probably my favorite thing about it is i i think that the movie does have quite a lot to say about you know, people who are in positions of power and influence and wealth and are who are able to help other people, but doing it for a price and doing it for, you know, even just like entertainment reasons. And you have these people who are, you know, struggling and begging for financial help. Yeah, and Cal it's even just calls like, that out. He's like, you yeah, can help all of us. Exactly. But <laughs> just, you know, wanting to just watch them kind of squirm. It's hard not to like draw comparisons to the real world today where there are those with like immeasurable uh, yeah. wealth meanwhile like you, you just mentioned i'm in the same spot too to where it's like fuck i really need to go to the dentist but i don't have health care you know so it's oh. crazy shit like that and then we're sending uh a hundred billion dollars i mean to it, fucking it, israel you it, know? it's it's like whenever fucking um a rich person like fucking like uh like a beyonce is like oh beyonce donated a hundred thousand dollars to this wow, foundation and it's yeah. like oh so you, she donated 10 cents is yeah, what you're telling exactly. me you know like yeah. that's nothing you know and so uh, yeah, I, I totally saw that. And, and speaking of people that are able to help but choosing not to, uh, mm-hmm. what do you think about the characters of uh, Bevins and then uh, the doctor? I didn't write down his name, but uh, Dr. Barden. Uh, Dr. Barden, what do you what do you think about these two? As uh, you know, yeah, Bevins is like the the sub boss, uh, yeah. his right hand man, and you know, like oh, why why was what's in it for this guy? You know, versus uh, you know, you see the doctor is getting paid to yeah. help out and things like that. I would have preferred Bevins had a similar sort of trajectory as the Butler from Ready or Not. Like I wish Bevins had like an action set piece, you know, like a, a like a, a heroic death. Or nah, like, he just walked uh, around with his tiny gun. Exactly. I people. was like Bevins, Bevins, come on, you worked in like MI five. I wanted to see a bit more from him, but. He does kill Dr. Barton, uh, which I thought that was fucking hilarious, that there's this whole subplot of him like he's like, I'm suspicious of this. I've got to go do something (laughs) and like tracks him all the way to the mansion and is like, I'm here to rescue you and then immediately gets shot in the head. I thought that was terrific. (laughs) I mean, it's great for for the comedic beat because it is like perfect timing. Like he's literally saying, I'm here to save you and and gets, you know, murked. But at, at the other point, it's like, uh, you know, you see that he's helping out. You see that he was a participant and there's like a shot when he is drowned out. You see the scar on his face that yeah. implies like that's how it happened. Interesting. So it's like I did kind of want to see like more of his moral dilemma on like, OK, he is helping out after he's yeah. like done this thing yeah. Um, versus and then why Iris did he go? Oh, no, it's not the it's not the right call. And like. And fucking Jeffrey Combs makes a good point. He's like, no, she's perfect. She has yeah. uh, one brother that has cancer, no family, no job, yeah. no friends, no nothing. Uh, she's actually perfect. So it's like, what was it about Iris that this doctor all of a sudden yeah. was going to have a change of heart? Well, in that too, if you'd spent more time with the character and like really diving into his psyche, that just makes that moment the funnier, you know, sure. just that like mm-hmm. you've dedicated so much time to this character and like really just pulling the rug out from under view of like, though he shows up and he thinks he's the fucking hero and then he gets shot in the head. Let me 
immediately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bevan's just cracked me up for, I mean, one, he's this giant guy with a tiny gun yeah. throughout the entire his movie. Little English uh, accent. <laughs> I mean, he's, got a, he's got a nice quick draw going, Um, you know, and uh, I, I, I think I, I liked him much more than the butler because the butler in Ready or Not Again is just like a psychopath for kind of no reason. Um, This one, like Bevan's just in is it like, for the love of the game. It's like, I, I thought there was like interesting things. That's like Bevan's is obviously, you know, he's in it for money too, but then he also enjoys it. Like he was an interrogator himself. And then yeah. like, um, it, uh, which comes into play where it's like, oh yeah, you like have to be a like certain type of person to do certain jobs. You know, because mm. um, I always think about like I'm like I'm like people that are parking made meter people Ooh. like you have to enjoy doing that and you have to suck it to be like, I'm sorry. I, like there are so many jobs. Any out of there. our listeners out there who are fucking meter I'm made, sorry. eat a dick. <laughs> no, my, my literal thing is when I see them writing tickets, I boo them. I'm sorry. I know you're doing your job, but also are they technically cops or do no. they work for law enforcement or is no. that like a private thing? They no, they, they work for, the, for the Yeah, they work for yeah. the city. Yeah. Um, So it's like, you know, like but they there's also like moments where it's like, no, Bevan's just also enjoys this. Like I, I love um, whenever uh, they're like, oh, what was uh, in Britney Snow's envelope? And they're like, oh, yeah, let's see it. And he goes, ooh, all your teeth extracted. Sorry, maybe next year, Bevan's. And Bevan's yeah. just like nods and goes, damn. Dang, and that like, was a good one. <laughs> like he's, I love the idea that Bevan's been waiting years. So, <laughs> so you have the teeth extraction one, the firecracker, and then the four minutes in the barrel. Uh, do we find out what the, the other one is? or Because he says like some of them are harmless. Well, the other one was the eye slash. Which they're all terrible. He's a fucking liar. He said like some of them are like, you know, harmless sort of, but it's like, no, those are all like horrible. So he's just a liar. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say they're all worse than the barrel, except for doubling the time on him. I think they are all still kind of in. Uh, well, no, teeth outweighs kind yeah, of all of them. fucking terrible, man. He, he literally says, he's like, some of them are like harmless. He says like sort of, which I guess in his eyes, blowing your hand off is like, oh, that's fine. That's how you were. You were like, oh, that's fine. I'll take that well, any day. <laughs> well, and I guess uh, maybe he was alluding to if like there were more players still at this portion, maybe there were envelopes that were blank. There and that would have been interesting. Yeah. I like, because I, I even like the, the brief moment where he's like, oh, hey, that firecracker could be a dud. It's very old, right? And then yeah. it like kind of gives him that like hope for a second. There's another editing beat of comedy where yeah. it's like two seconds where he's like oh thank goodness and yeah. That pops. Yeah. Uh, yeah that uh, shot of uh, uh the other guy like wiping the blood off of his face was great too because it like when his hand like pops it you know hits him right in the face that was great yeah i, I even love uh, uh shep is like hey, uh, can you just please get up from the table before you make a mess you know <laughs> like uh it was super funny and yeah there's a i mean this movie actually the editing is really great in a lot of moments uh because there's another really great moment i like um Again, putting the the ticking clock into play is when uh, homie has to choose to do his eye or not. Yeah, and he's screaming and screaming. It's like getting down to the time and like and like he's like pleading and all Shep is doing is like you gotta choose, man. Like yeah. stop wasting time. And then like they do a as he slashes, they do a whip pan over to the clock going off. And I yeah. thought that was like super cool. And then right. like and then he's like, oh yeah, nice, nice in the uh, yeah. uh, right in time. And um and also the uh. I mean, this isn't editing, but just another dark comedy layer is mm -hmm. after Britney Snow has won the game and she is just sobbing her eyes out and they're clapping and cheering and She's being like covering like, her ears and shit. Yeah. Crazy. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, that's what we like to see. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was so pumped and she's just like <laughs> sobbing. It was a, a, a great, nice uh, tonal dissonance. And even her decision in the final game, um, I was I was on board with. She did the right thing because like. It, it, it gets to that point where it's like, okay, do you both leave and you have mm -hmm. some of your morals intact? But it's like, 
you've already done bad shit anyways. So it's like, or do you, you know, make this not for nothing, Yeah, you know? And, and she, and she cuts him off mid uh, sentence because she's like, no, I don't want to know your situation. Cause that's going to make this feel right. even worse. So that's yeah. why she shoots him before she's like, exactly. Nope, Nope. I don't want to yeah. hear your sob story. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love to think that the Lambrick's like Shepard isn't the only one. Like this is like a family thing that they're all like probably into. Uh, and I would love to see like some of the other, you know, is, is, is Shep like the more tame one? They're like, Oh, his dinner parties are pretty easy. Or like, are there other, you know, Lambricks who are like, ugh, yeesh, that one is horrible. <laughs> right. I, I, I can imagine like other members of his family, like they don't give uh, the nicest meals beforehand, you know, like, hey, at least he's, you know, giving them like top tier yeah. dinner, you know, and top tier uh, beverages and things like that. It's like, yeah. hey, some other people are probably getting chilly before this game. Right. Uh, y- you never know. <laughs> Skyline chilly too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and uh, and 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 uh, and that asks, you know, how his son's gonna respond to it? Because you see throughout the movie that the son is like he's into the entertainment, but at the same time he's like also not there to like cover cover a turd and sugar like his dad does. He's like, no, 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 I'm gonna call yeah. this what it is. And yeah, we like it, and we're and we're entertained by it. So like, I thought. Yeah. Um, his son Julian, um, you know, and casting Robin Taylor Lord as Jeffrey Combs' son is like Chef's Kiss casting. Like that's just perfect. He really <laughs> does communicate or uh, and like a uh, portray the like just bratty, fucking petulant. Oh, I was raised with you know a silver spoon. You know, just like I I, I have infinite wealth and none of you people mean anything to me. Again, like you had mentioned, he just calls them pigs throughout the movie. So yeah, his fate was was quite deserved. I was I was quite happy to watch him go. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I mean, we don't see him die though. Well, he, she he get he she he gets stabbed in the leg and taken right, away. Right, that's what like, I'm saying. Yeah, oh. like the the leg stab, and they're like, "You fucking rapist!" Then they just like take him away. I yeah, was, I was I, glad about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like the moment that even Bevins doesn't like Julian. Yeah. Bevins is just like this motherfucker. Yeah, like he's just you ruining know, everything. He's ruining game night. <laughs> like, come on, you you fucking sicko! Like, hey, we're killers. We're not pervs. <laughs> exactly. Okay, um, it's always my favorite uh, yeah. kind of you know evil outweighing evil exactly. kind of trope. Uh, exactly. But yeah, so I mean, I I, I enjoy this film uh, quite a bit. Did you have anything else before we wrap into final thoughts? No, I can go ahead and uh, dovetail into that. Yeah, I think that the film is is enjoyable. I don't think it's nowhere near as mean as some people are claiming it to be. I think that the film does uh, a pretty good job at like laying out the options that these characters uh, have in front of them. Um, I think the uh, the 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 goopy goblin horror brain side of of me like enjoys kind of watching like the sick and twisted of it all but more of like i wish it was just also a better movie like the characterization isn't great i would have preferred to spend less time with some characters and more uh with the other you know characters and you know having more of an understanding of why they are all here but nonetheless i think the movie does a good job at you know weaving in some societal themes about power and influence and those who hoard wealth and kind of the rest of us who are just like, you know, grabbing for the scrap, so to speak. So I think the movie does far more uh, good than it does bad. So uh, I think for me, this is a three and a half out of five, uh, what, razors to the eyeball? <laughs> yeah, three and a half razors is uh, um, apt for this. And and yeah, I, I totally see what you're coming from here. And for me, I do, I, I can definitely acknowledge a lot of the shortcomings of this film. Um, but I think all the ingredients are there. Like, I think if uh, if maybe a different director took this on, mm-hmm. um, it could have been a little bit de- better uh, with a little bit more money behind it, obviously, as well. Um, I think could have lended to it. Maybe the script could have taken a second pass on it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think a lot of the ingredients are there. And for me, I can outweigh. Um, some of the um, you know story and narrative mistakes and character uh, shortcomings 
uh, for the way that this movie makes me feel like in the, in the questions that it makes me ask Uh, specifically again, like against other movies in the death games uh, subgenre. Right. You know, so as far as that, I'm going to weight this pretty highly, uh, giving it a 4.5 out of five. Um, Because again, like, like you said, like I know movies that are way meaner than this, a lot Mm. more death games that are way more than this, like watch the Japanese and Korean ones. Like those are mean. If you want to talk about mean death games, but, but, but in this one, like this is for me, what makes it just the most interesting. I think it's kind of the most plausible. It's kind of the easiest to kind of put yourself in the situation. And mm-hmm. what makes it fascinating to me is like there is a clear way to win. There's a clear way to win. You have choices. There isn't out at a certain point. Like there's all these things that, you know, you uh, kind of question in a lot of other uh, Death Games movies mm-hmm. where, you know, agency is kind of taken away versus this film, you know, kind of gives characters to a certain degree a lot more agency than those films do. Yeah. So I think this film against other death games films uh stands up really well and then again you have jeffrey combs just you know endlessly entertaining like i mean like he's so fun in this like like, this is a new like kind of favorite horror performance for me because like he is just fantastic in every single scene he's in yeah i love britney snow in this as well and like and even though if some of the characters weren't as deep, uh, like you said, the ensemble acting talent is is there. And like people, uh, each character does kind of have their own uh, compelling emotional moment. Um, I, I think I think the film does do a good job in that way. Again, when mm-hmm. you have this kind of big of an ensemble, you spread it a little bit more thinly. So, you know, right. it's, the, it's the typical give or take. But um, yeah. But for me, as far as like what I want out of Death Game films this is exactly kind of it. That's what I was saying with like the goopy goblin brains, you know, like that side of my thinking. Cause it's like, yeah, it's like a fucked up, like horror death games movie. It really works for me. But as far as like a film, you know, I, I, I think it doesn't succeed as highly. So I, I do think that we're kind of in the same, you know, reasoning. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm letting my more, uh, <laughs> it's like you know, my more filmmaking side of my brain take over and a little it bit here. Yeah. Hey, it happens. You know, sometimes we're here for the filmmaking. Sometimes we're here for the vibe. Sometimes we're just here to have a good time. Um, but let's see what other movies we were thinking about while we were talking. Would you rather? All right. Here on Spectre Cinema Club, we like to conclude our conversations by playing movie math. Uh, for those of you who have listened for a while, we just put a uh, couple movies that reminded us of the film that we discussed today in a mathematical equation. Now, Devon. I have exciting news for this uh, segment of movie math today. New mechanics. New I'm mechanics. introducing a new, uh, uh, a new equation symbol uh, into into the movie math segment. Uh, okay. Uh, because our rules are pretty fast and loose, uh, but generally I feel like we're in the same same mindset. So in my equation, I have the square root of Squid Games, and the reason I say that is. I think that the heart at both of these uh, the series of Squid Games and Would You Rather is quite simple. People doing things of questionable morals that are a simple sort of conundrum here. Squid Games is people playing children's games, you know, willing to do terrible but yet simple things but for money. So I think that at their core, they are about people who are pretty down on their luck trying to uh, uh, win this childish game in order to 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 get some money, but I think it is multiplied by cheap thrills, uh, which uh, for those of you who haven't seen is a similar kind of 
uh, 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 scenario of, of people not of great monetary value trying to uh, uh, just win this game of, you know, uh, just daring people to do the next crazy thing and, you know, them fighting for their own, you know, soul as well as survival. Uh, divided by the Invitation, uh, that is another dinner movie gone, or, or not dinner movie, uh, another uh, dinner party movie gone uh, wrong where uh, we see these people going to the seemingly nice uh, dinner party but only to be met with... Uh, uh, nefarious plans and carnage and blood. So, yeah, for me, the square root of Squid Games times cheap thrills divided by the invitation. Yeah, we still we still got plenty of uh, you know different math things that we need to introduce. I mean, uh, when are we going to start cosigning and tangenting? <laughs> well, I first uh, need to understand what those things mean. So <laughs> I still don't know what those uh, mean. Trig is the weirdest of all the math um, subgenres, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite subgenre of math, trigonometry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of hard for me. I mean, yeah, we both end up putting uh, one of these films in our uh, in our equations, Cheap Thrills is like kind of the perfect um, double feature with this movie. I think yeah. I did watch these two movies back to back whenever uh, I forget whichever one I saw first. But I know would I you rather them. came out first uh, and then Cheap Thrills? I think just a year or so later. Yeah, I think I, I think I saw Cheap Thrills first actually, just because it yeah. was uh, David Koechner and uh, Pat Healy. Yeah. Um. So I think I probably saw that one first and then probably followed it up with Would You Rather. Um, but yeah, Cheap Thrills, I mean, it is kind of the uh, uh, simpler version of this. And I can see maybe uh, when you think of this movie, uh, yes, Would You Rather seems comparatively more mean because Cheap Thrills is more of a comedy. You yeah. have a lot more comedy and it's a 1v1 situation, which I really like. I like that it's a 1v1. I like that it's, they're these old friends. having. Right. So that adds a lot of moral complexity. And if you want the more character-driven uh, Death Games film, Cheap Thrills is definitely the way to go. Super fun movie. Uh, super fun. Uh, great performances all around. Um, and, it, you know, it's a lot of similar uh, aesthetics as well. Um, I have that multiplied by Kaiji, the ultimate gambler. Um, I was disappointed that I couldn't fit in a Japanese Death Games movie somewhere in the month because I think uh, J-Horror has some of the best Death Games uh, films as well. And um, it's kind of led to a, a big surge in uh, a lot of uh, this subgenre in the past few years. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of YouTube channels like the, the How to Beats. Um, oh, kinda, yeah, yeah. They, they, they kind of made their uh, subscriptions from uh J horror movies that have these death game scenarios that people aren't you know bringing in mm -hmm. um and so so if you're into those videos um they kind of you can do that and kind of watch some of these movies without having to watch them but i did watch kaji the ultimate gambler uh and it's fascinating because it like ha it targets people that have these crippling debts yeah. uh, specifically and puts them in these very large scale like these are you know you're playing death games against hundreds of people in certain scenarios in this and then it keeps whittling its way down and there's a interesting uh aspect of that movie uh it's not a big spoiler but kind of uh is like the the main character he like goes through a bunch of stuff wins money mm -hmm. and then makes it out and then still chooses to go back for more mm -hmm. at a certain point and so that makes seconds, it interesting please. And, the, and this movie is actually a, a franchise. I think there's three of them total, but I've only seen the first one. Uh, it's based off of a uh, manga also, which is right. interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, similar situations where a lot of the choices are very simple or mm -hmm. it's either they're very simple or they take a like, you know, thing you're familiar with, but then uh, make it huge in a certain way. Right. Like there's like one where it's like, like basically it's like, you know. Uh, just walking across like monkey bars like you are on the playground, but they're like, oh no, we're putting it like 200 feet in the air between two skyscrapers. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, um, 
the the scale is just much bigger. It's kind of a very similar movie, but the scale is much bigger. Yeah. <clears throat> and you want to talk about mean, that movie takes a detour to a sweatshop for like 30 minutes where you're watching <laughs> these people get tortured. Like that's Fun. that's a mean movie uh, if you want to talk about that. And um, so I have those in parentheses multiplied and I have that divided by the perfect host. Um, it, just because the the main character of that movie uh, has a similar flair to, to Shepard Lambert. Mm-hmm. But I have it divided because... I mean, it's a Death Games movie to a point, but also not. And it also uh, represents one of my favorite uh, subgenres, Dinner Parties Gone Wrong. We're definitely going to have to do that at some point. Right. Um, and that was the only other subgenre I had included for the movie, too. We didn't really have our proper subgenre conversation because I think this is kind of... Would you rather is like Death Games kinda at sp- its purest? Yeah, it kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, it's kind of Death Games <laughs> at its purest. But um, Perth- Perfect Toast uh, takes uh, some of those things where... um this this uh burglar is like on on the run like he like like does the thing and he's again chased by the cops and he ducks inside of this house to like hide out mm-hmm. and he like goes in and he thinks and it's like this guy that's like oh i'm about to have a dinner party and i yeah like whatever and the guy's kind of quirky but he's like going along with it you know and then as the movie progresses you realize there is no dinner party <laughs> um <laughs> happening and it just gets weirder from there nice. and the the main guy uh, who plays the titular uh, perfect host is just hamming it up like no one's business. He's running around in his underwear. Um, <laughs> a, a, a very fun movie. Um, it's again, it's pretty shabby. It's very cheap looking, and uh, it's like very limited cast and stuff. It, it's not you know the best on a filmmaking uh, prowess, but at the same time, it's very fun. Yeah, Hoot and I, a holler. Uh, <clears throat> it uh, sounds similar to uh, Who Invited Them, if you saw that as well. It seems like that similar. would be like a fun kind of double feature. See, and Who Invited Them feels like cheap thrills to me without the money uh, death game angle. These are all like kind of in the same family. So, you know, yeah. they're, they're just down the street from one another. <laughs> of course they are. Um, but uh, yeah, so that'll go ahead and do it for our uh, main coverage of death games here this month. Uh, super fun playing along with uh, these movies. And uh, closing out our uh, spooky season um, on a on a really big high note, we're gonna probably it'll probably end up being our longest episode. I'm kind of anticipating as that. it deserves to be. As it deserves to be, um, we have our Book of Saw Halloween special where we will be uh, doing a collective film ranking and debating them with a few different hosts. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. We're going to have uh, the most guests we've ever had on a show as well. Very exciting. And then uh, we're also going to go through our uh, traps bracket, which um, I allowed the internet to submit their favorite traps. And I took the top 16 that were uh, selected by you, the people. Uh, we had a pretty good turnout for uh, for the poll. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the numbers were pretty varied, but uh, a, a top 16 did come out and uh, we're going to debate that uh, bracket in that episode. And then we're also going to do that on the uh, podcast Twitter page as well. So you guys can decide there'll be a podcast choice and then there'll be a people's choice. Yes. Yes. Very excited for that. Uh, we're also going to uh, uh, have as one of our guests uh, and we can uh, go ahead and uh, plug what we're working on. But uh, my other podcast, uh, Scum and Villainy, it's a Star Wars podcast. My buddy Noah, uh, who I host with that, is going to be uh, uh, talking saw with us, which is uh, going to be really fun because he's a uh, he's a big saw head as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but if you want some other uh, Halloween-related you know, movie coverage from me, you can uh, follow me on TikTok, uh, at Garrett McDowell, as well as uh, Twitter and Letterboxd, at Garrett McDowell, as well. Hell yeah, I'm very excited for a full podcast crossover uh, getting in there. Um, <clears throat> we got um, others that um, that I've podcasted with as well coming on as well, so that's going to be super fun. Speaking of other podcasts, you can, of course, hear over on uh, Pod and Pendulum, uh, almost done with all the Saw movies at this point. Um, but, uh, the last one I was on this final chapter, I don't think, um, I'm going to make it, I'm not going to do saw 10 again. Uh, you can just go back and listen to our episode. 
Um, but you can hear me over on the Film Alchemist podcast talking Corpse Bride. Uh, that episode is dropping this week as uh, well as uh, some other ones. I just don't know what days they're dropping. So, yeah, always be on the lookout for more pod things from me uh, at underscore Daddy Disco on all social media platforms, including Letterboxd and uh, more uh, TikToks. Uh, I got I got some uh, uh, did some banger numbers off my saw ranking. Uh, so, you know, you could uh, check that out and you get a little hint at uh, some of the madness that's going to come in next week's episode. Talk about madness. The TikTok. Uh, I don't know if you've been getting the same, not necessarily vitriol, but people are very opinionated about the saw series so i'm excited to see how uh, next week's episode turns out i mean i've had i've had a favorably positive response and we'll get into more of that uh next week but like the the only comment i've gotten on my ranking it's gotten a lot of views a lot of likes the only comment is one guy that goes wow this ranking makes my makes me want to punch my cock in the hamburger <laughs> trash list i was like yeah sure that's also coincidentally the first review that we received for the podcast too uh, but, uh, but no uh, we did have uh, a really nice uh, commenter who uh, left a very positive review so uh, be sure to uh, leave that as well on uh, apple music yes please those five star reviews help out a ton <clears throat> 